Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. So we are uh, we finished up our Each One Reach One series, but I hope we haven't fi- finished up reaching out to one another. I hope that it was just the beginning. I believe it's just the beginning for us to reach those people that we love, to pray for them, uh, to, to always look at them through prayer, care, and share. We could always do those three things. And we're starting a new series right now called Connected, and it's rooted in Genesis 2.18. And uh, what happens in Genesis 2.18 is God makes everything and he makes man and he makes the earth and he looks at it and he says, this is all good. The, the Hebrew word is tov, it means as it should be. But then he looks at man there and he says, actually, you know what? There's one thing that is not good. It says it is not good for him to be alone. And see, the, the thing that we see here is that God has actually created every single one of us for connection, that we are not meant to do this by ourselves that we're meant to do it, first of all, connected with our Creator. And He meant for us to be with Him. And then also, we need to have relationships and connection to one another. Now, uh, of course, science is uh, always catching up to Scripture, and it's uh, BYU has shown, uh, they had a a big survey and some research, they found that chronic loneliness and isolation has uh, really adverse health effects on you. That, um, and they compared it through this research, that if you are chronically lonely, uh, the risks, the health risks that you have are equal to about smoking 15 cigarettes every single day of your life. Uh, They found that actually if you're chronically lonely, uh, that it is twice as harmful to your body as obesity. So it's just better to be fat and happy, right? So that's life. Let's do that. And so uh, Pew Research uh, found out that there's actually a direct correlation between the amount of time you spend on your phone and the amount of loneliness that you have in your life. In the Journal of Adolescence, they do a survey every year uh, with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of 15 to 16-year-olds. And they found in 2012 that there was just this precipitous drop, that, that things were, were kind of moving along. And then in 2012, loneliness and isolation and depression in 15 and 16-year-olds just started going crazy. And uh, as they looked at that, they, they also correlated that in 2012, that was the year when over half of the kids had their own smartphones. And so we are in a world that talks so much about connectivity and connection, but we are increasingly disconnected. Now, I wanted to show you a, a little clip here uh, from the movie Castaway. I can't believe that that's 23 years old now. That, I, I can't even believe that. But anyway, so Tom Hanks, he, he's, um, he ends up on this uh, deserted island. You know, his plane crashes, and he's on this island all by himself. And he actually lives on this island for four years. And he makes a friend. And the friend is a volleyball, and uh, the volleyball's name is Wilson. And I wanted to show you this scene here uh, where Wilson, he's actually, Tom's like, okay, I'm getting out of here. He goes for it on his little raft. He's going to go, you know, he's done living on the island, and he brings Wilson with him, but he loses Wilson. And then just want you to see, look at how he responds to the loss of his friend. Go ahead and show that, please. Wilson! Wilson! 
I find that scene very believable uh, because we are, we're made for connection. That's how important it is for us and that you will, you will find connection in some way. If it's not in healthy relationships with other people, if it's not connection with your creator, you will find some sort of connection through your phone, through addiction. You will always be reaching out because you were created for it. Now I want to take you to Psalm 73. Powerful, powerful passage about our connection with our creator. And that you were created to walk with him, to be with him, to talk with him. That actually uh, people, they call it the God-shaped hole. And that there's something in every single one of us, even if you don't know it, even if you don't feel it, there is a yearning in you that is pulling you towards your creator because you were created with that need. And it is not good for you to be alone. It is not good for you to be separated from him. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Psalm 73, verse 21. And the psalmist says this, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. And I think what we have here is a picture of a man who isn't in the connection that he is created for. That the, he's out there by himself. He's grieved. He's embittered. He feels far from God. And without that connection with God, he's like we all are before we came to Christ. Senseless and ignorant. Really like brute beasts trying to find something out there but not knowing what it is. But fortunately, in 23, he comes back to where he needs to be. Verse 23, he says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. Now, I love that. And you've heard me talk a number of times that what we are meant to do and what God has for us is this relationship where we just walk hand in hand with God everywhere we go. And I say that all the time, and you find it right here that I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand, that you are meant to walk through life holding hands with Jesus, to be with him at all times. And such goodness and such life comes from that. And then in verse 24, you guide me with your counsel. See, when we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and fills and indwells us, and he gives us counsel. And if we're like, okay, should we do that thing or do that thing? The Holy Spirit will counsel us. 
Lord, what's going on right now? Why do I feel this way? Why am I going that way? The Holy Spirit talks to us, guides us, is always with us. It's just a wonderful, powerful, beautiful thing to walk hand in hand with God. And he wants to counsel us our whole lives. And then look what happens after that. And afterwards, you will take me into glory. So that one of the reasons I want people to come to Christ is I want glory. I want heaven to start right now. See, heaven has already begun for you if you are in Christ. You are already beginning that relationship. And you get to live your whole life walking hand in hand with God in the counsel of God, hearing from God. And then the next step of that is just to come on in deeper and to come up into heaven with God. It's, just a, it's an amazing thing that comes when we connect with our Creator. And then he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. See, if you aren't hungry for God, if you're like, yeah, whatever, I, I just want to tell you, you just haven't tasted him. You just haven't seen. Because if you've tasted and seen, you, if you know how good he is, I'll tell you, you get ruined for everything else. There's nothing that satisfies. And if you'd say, well, I'm not there yet, it's okay. Listen, he just wants to draw you in. And as soon as you start to taste and see and experience him, I'll tell you what, there's nothing else that satisfies my uh, father-in-law, uh, years ago, he gave us his old boat. And it was like, you know, the gift that keeps on taking from us. And, <laughs> and, and so we, we would take that thing out, and about every third time it would break down. But for a while there, I mean, I was really into water skiing. Water skiing was life for me. And so we would go out, and I mean, before work, two, three times a week, we'd be out on the lake, you know, and the, you can't go until the sun comes up. And we would be in the water, just waiting, you know, looking for the sun. And as soon as the sun would peak up, you know, hit it and go. And we would go. And we were just skiing like crazy. And there was this day, I remember, where they were out on the lake. And, you know, hit it. And I, I stand up. And I was just like, eh, it's okay. And see, everything, everything except him, we'll get to that at one point. You're like, eh. And I don't know what you're living for. I don't know what your life is all about. But if it's not him, and, and listen, you need to have hobbies. It's great to do things. To, it's a way to worship. But there comes a point where you're like, you know what? He is the only thing that can fill that hole. He is the only thing that satisfies. And earth really has nothing that we desire compared to him. There's nothing like being with our creator. What a beautiful verse, this next 26. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart my portion forever and we get old and we get weak and we get frail but in the middle of that we do not lose our strength because he's the strength he can't be taken away from us he is our portion he is our everything and those who are far from you will perish you destroy all who are unfaithful to you if you're not going to come to him he'll hand you over to what you want and destruction and death comes but as for me it is so good to be near God isn't it good to be near God I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, and he's so good, I just want to tell everybody about his deeds. Now, I want to show you this idea of this longing, this hunger for God. It's actually what we were created for, and it's not just this passage. I've got a number of verses. If you just bring those up for me, you see it time and time again. Isaiah tells us, my soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. You see this day and night. He's just hungry. He's like, I want more God. I think about those times where I, where I just have like my quiet time, my devotion in the morning. And there's just something about that. Even this morning, I was just reading the Bible out there in front of my house on my little uh, porch swing. 
And God was just there. And, I, and I, I saw him in the scriptures and I'm learning and it's just like, oh, this is where I want to be, God, just to be in your presence, to be with you, to recalibrate. Anybody ever recalibrate with God? And, and Isaiah, like I say, I just want that all the time. In the morning, at night, I'm yearning for you, God. The psalmist tells us, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go? I just want to meet with God. Psalm 63, 1, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And the next one, I spread my hands out to that big bald head. No, to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. This hunger for our creator. creator. And that's why this, you know, you ever, you ever say, oh, I just feel so far from God? I've said that before. That's a, that's a devastating statement it's just it's just a difficult place to be because we were created for the exact opposite i mean is there anyone here besides me who wants to feel more connected with god is there anyone who feels apart from god and i, I just want to tell you i have great news either or wherever you are this can change right now in fact i'd like you to think right now on a scale of one to ten how close are you to god right now and so if you're a six, I, I want to tell you, in the next 20 minutes, in the next 30 minutes, you could become at least a seven, maybe a nine. That actually right now, he is available to you. That we're going we're gonna to spend some time in worship at the end here. And we're going to draw near to him. And I tell, I'm telling you, listen, it can change for you right now. That you can take a step closer to him. You could draw near to him. And that longing and that hunger is going to get filled in, a, in another and a new way right now. And so I want to talk about, before we get there, just a few steps that we can take for our connection with God because it's all we were created for. for. And the first one is that we have to stop allowing our feelings to drive our thinking. Your feelings about where God is and what God is doing have absolutely no bearing on where God actually is and what God is actually doing. And, And if you said, God is so far away from me, I want to tell you this. If you are in Jesus, that is absolutely impossible. If you are in Jesus, God is so far away from me, that is impossible. Let me show you Ephesians 2, 13. Simple little verse. It says this. But now in Christ Jesus. Okay, so now outside of Christ Jesus, we're like brute beasts. Outside of him, we're far. Outside of him, there's this huge distance, this chasm that only he can close. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near. Now I want you to see how this happens. It doesn't come by your goodness. It doesn't come because, oh, I've been so faithful. I've been so consistent. It's not because, oh, you're such a good little Christian. It says, no, you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And I want you to remember that the blood of Christ is bigger than your mistakes. And it's so much stronger than your efforts and so much more permanent than your feelings. And it goes so far beyond your circumstances. It is the great constant of our life. If you think about that famous equation, E equals MC squared, right? We have uh, energy and then we have mass and then we have the speed of light which is multiplied by itself. So it's this huge number, but the the speed of light is the constant. It doesn't change, right? And energy goes from this form to mass to this form, and they go back and forth, and they move this way and that way, but the speed of light doubled. It it continues, or no, exponential, whatever that is. I'm not a math guy. 
squared. Thank you. So that is the, the constant. And so for you and I, listen, we have feelings and we have faith. And they go back and they go forth. But the blood of Christ remains. What Jesus has done, that powerful, huge, exponential force, holds on, continues. It never changes in the midst of it. If you are in Jesus, it is not possible for God to be far away from you. It's not even possible. If you're in Jesus, it's not possible for you to be forgotten. It's not possible, not because of you, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, for you to be forgotten or rejected or alone. It's not possible for God to stop loving you. It's not possible for Him to stop pursuing you and bringing you in and chasing after you. Catch this. If you are in Jesus, it is not possible, and I know we've all said this, it is not possible for Him to be disappointed with you. Because to be disappointed, you would have had to surprise Him. He would have had to have these ex expectations that you didn't meet. And he's like, oh, I didn't, didn't see that coming. And the blood of Jesus is the constant that always draws us near. And is God calling you higher? Yes. Do we need to be done with sin? There's absolutely no doubt about it. And can your vision be clouded by your sin? We'll see that in just a minute. There's no doubt it can be. And can there be way, things in the way of the fullness of the relationship that he has for you? There's no doubt. But for him to be far away... For you to be rejected, for you to be forgotten, in Christ, it's impossible because you aren't the constant. He is. The blood of Christ is the constant in our relationship. And so we stand on the truth, not our feelings, that he is here now and he is here always and he is here forevermore. Now, can the connection be stronger? You bet. It's like a good marriage. You know, Gene and I, we love each other. You know, for 30 years now, we've loved each other. And I'm in it today, and I'm in it tomorrow. And I know that she is faithful, and I know that we're going to keep going. But there are times where it's like, wow, we're just kind of misfiring right now. That while we're committed, there's just, our connection isn't there. Now, our commitment is there. Our love is there. Our, our, our standing before each other, that's there. But there's something, you know, the connection's not what it should be. So I want to talk about, okay, now how do we work on this connection, this hand-in-hand -hand walk that we are, have with, we are to have with God? And the first thing here is I just want to encourage you, start with the obvious. Let's go over to Isaiah 59, verse 1. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too sharp, short to save, thank goodness, nor is the ear too dull to hear. But... Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now, I want you to understand that our sins, that is not saying that he has put you away because of sin. The thing is, is that you can't see through him and to him when you've got sin right before you. And what it is, is what you've done is you've removed him from the throne and you put something else on the throne. And so the throne is back here, but you're just looking at this thing and you're distracted by this thing. And this thing is ever before you. And he wants to pull that thing out of the way so you could look back on him and be connected with him. And the truth is, is listen, if we're just walking in sin, it's going to get in the way of our connection. Because you could only have one king on the throne of your heart at any one time. And see, we can and we do kind of turn our back on that throne and look at this thing instead. And does that interrupt your connection with God? Well, it doesn't interrupt his presence. It doesn't interrupt his love. It doesn't interrupt your salvation. But you better believe it gets in the way of your connection. 
and your community that he has. And that's why he wants us to be done with it because he doesn't partner with it, right? It's so obvious sometimes. John 14, 23. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that a powerful passage? See, there's this thing about obedience and, and fellowship with God. And, and there's two things that obedience does. See, if we love him, it shows, it shows our love for him. But it also increases our love for him. As we obey, our love increases and then our connection with him comes and he makes his home with us and he just wants to be with us and he who does not love me will not obey my teachings these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me obedience is a massive part of our connection it's just an amplifier of our love for christ and it aligns us with him as we go forward and I want to encourage you, if this is a problem for you, if there's something in the way, that it's really, really obvious. I think sometimes we make it so hard. Psalm 139, 23. Bring that up for me. It says, search my heart, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see, that's a prayer that God will always answer. If we come honestly, if we just say, okay, Lord, would you just show me? Is there anything between you? And, and I want to tell you, it's just not complicated. See, God is not, I don't think God is so worried about these secret sins that you haven't yet figured out in your life. I think he's actually concerned with the ones that he's already showed you. That's what he wants to deal with. And, and I think we're like, oh, well, there must be just something I did that I don't know about it. I mean, that's so unscriptural. You come before God, you say, Lord, what's going on? And he will tell you. And if there's something that needs to be removed, he'll show you. Let's get that nail out of your head. Let's begin there. You don't have to figure out some super secret formula. God just doesn't make it complicated like that. He wants access and connection with you. He wants to go to the depth of your heart. And it's not like he's going to play games with you and make it so like, well, if you just, you know, you figure out these formulas and you get into this deeper stuff and then, then maybe, maybe you'll be able to have connection with me. Absolutely not. So simple. Just, but here's the problem. We often say, you know what, God? We'll do anything but that I'll, I'll make any change except pull that nail out that's the one thing I'll do anything except that I'll do anything except give up that girl that you told me is not for me I'll do anything but that God I'll do anything to be closer to you except let go of my anger and unforgiveness for what that person did to me anything you say Jesus whatever you say except let go of money except let go of my time my way I'll, I'll do any, I'll learn how to do anything, Lord, except, except stop living in fear and worry because that's just where I'm comfortable. Whatever you say, except stop proving my worth to you because I've got to show you that I'm worthwhile. And you know what happens when we finally say, okay, and we remove the nail and we take out the obvious sin? Relief, connection, life. Your sweaters don't snag anymore. It just gets better, right? So start with the obvious. It's not hard. It's not beyond you. Lord, show me. And if you're honest, he will. And the next thing then is take every small step that's before you. Every little thing that you can do to connect with God. You know, there was a, a moment earlier in my faith. You know, when I first came to Jesus, it was pretty emotional. You know, you'd have these highs, and, and I was always looking for these, like, these kind of retreat moments and mountaintop moments. 
And I remember I just wanted that. I wanted this kind of, I wanted a moment. And so I actually came to the altar in front of my church and um, my parents had given me some money for, for college tuition. And I was like, God, I'm going to give all that to you. I'm just going to lay it down and, you know, because I want to see you move. And, uh, you know, there's times for stuff like that. There's times for faith. But I had a really good mentor and a really good counselor. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I've got, I've got to show God I love him. And he's like, no. He says, that's wrong. They gave you that money for tuition. You should use it for tuition. Right? That's, that's a lack of integrity right there. And so many of us were trying to have these, you know, create these moments with God. And now listen, God does moments. And, and there's these incredible times where he'll just come in and, whoa, jeez, that's amazing. And we love to be there. But I want to encourage you that the real walk with God isn't found in the huge moment to the huge moment. It's found in the everyday moments. The real walk with God is just a connection every single day. It's found in these little things. And you don't have to drum up some big experience. I mean, take those experiences when they come. But really what I want to challenge you to do is the everyday little things where you're pursuing Him. These constant moments with God. And don't have a big moment relationship with God. Have an every moment relationship with God. That He's always there, always connecting. You know, there's, I told you before about a, a pastor who, who said, you know, one of the ways that you could draw closer to God is just thank Him and ask Him for more. And that's been a practice in my life where, you know, I just, oh, thank you for your beauty. Lord, I just want to see more of it. Thank you for your wisdom. Lord, I want more wisdom. Thank you for your truth, Lord. I, I want more truth. You know what? There's two things that I'm doing that there is that I'm acknowledging Him, I'm seeing Him, and then I'm pursuing Him. I just want more of you, Jesus, everywhere I go. Seek connection continually. And see, you, you get in the Word here, and i got to tell you, if you want to be connected with the Lord, this is one of the ways that you need to do it. That every single day we need to be in the Word. Because He talks to us through this. And don't just read this. Have a conversation with Him. Go slow. Listen to what He has to say. Take a moment, just pray on it and think on it. I mean, just do like one chapter a day. Take your time. Converse with Him. And you might be saying, you know, I've been reading the scripture, but I'm not getting anything out of Leviticus. It's okay to do a different book. <laughs> you can go over to John, all right? Now, Leviticus is, is rich, and there's some good things there. I had a woman actually came up to me. She says, Leviticus is my favorite book. I'm like, okay. It's just not everybody else's, all right? But we seek him and open our heart to him and talk to him. And then pray to him continually. We're always connecting with him. Talk to him about everything all day long. And then we worship him, which we're just about to do. Because he inhabits the praise of his people. It's as we line up, as we see him, as we put him back on the throne, we connect with him. It's a wonderful tool for connection. You know, another simple thing is just humble yourself before him. God, I need you. Don't you love how scripture says he is near to the brokenhearted? That there's never been a time where a person will just come down and just say, oh God, I, I just give you it all, I'm done. You know, that they come and then Lord, I, I surrender everything to you, forgive me. And God looks at you, them and says, nah, never happens. He always responds. He always responds to brokenhearted. He always responds to humility. He always, he's just so hungry and so ready to just go deep with you and to give you mercy. He just can't wait. He's just chomping at the bit like, oh, I just can't wait to just, to just come in. I, I just, oh, invite me in so I can do it. 
And all these little steps, they culminate in this, this unbreakable bond. It's like, you know, if you take two pieces of wood and, and you just put wood glue all over it. You know, every single one of these things is just another drop of wood glue. And then you put those boards together and you just let it sit for a little while. And, and then you need a crowbar to get it apart. I mean, when the difficulties come, you're there, you're connected, you have what you need. The last thing I really want to encourage you to do is then, then you need to open your heart. If you want connection with God, you've got you to gotta show up. And I think one of the big hindrances we have with our connection with God is that we just are protecting ourselves in all of our relationships, including our relationship with Him. And it starts with honesty. You know, one of the best prayers you can pray is, God, I am angry with you. You can take it. It's okay. He would much rather you come in spirit and in truth. Honestly, this is who I am. I'm angry right now. I'm afraid right now. I, I'm afraid you're angry with me. Anybody here ever have it out with God? I mean, I actually think that's a good thing to do. Jacob wrestled with God. He wouldn't let go. And you know what? He, they credit to him like, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you wrestled with God. To come before him with whatever's, whatever's really in there. Show up with prayer and worship and praise. I mean, let's be honest with who we are so we can connect with our Creator because He doesn't want this like perfect little image of you. He wants you. He wants your heart as it is right now. No matter how broken it is, no matter how messed up you are, no matter how far you feel, that is what He wants. He wants you. So we come to Him honestly. So we're going to take a moment right now and we're, and we're just going to, we're going to just come into His presence. And I want to encourage you right now just as we do this, that you would give him praise, that you would lift him up, put him where he belongs because he inhabits those praises. But then I, I want to encourage you just to show up. Let's start right now. As we sing this song, let's just start right where we're at. God, I don't get it. Lord, this is, yeah, it sounds nice. I haven't experienced it. Lord, I, I've tasted and I've seen. I just want more. Wherever you are, let's begin there. Let's just start with that prayer. And then let's just give him praise and let's just connect with him. I, I, he just wants to pour out his presence and his connection right now. So let me pray for you. You, you show up. And I'm gonna, I'll tell you what, if you show up, he'll show up. I promise you. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come right now. I ask you to fill this place. Lord, we invite you into this room. We ask for your presence. And Lord, I know that you are hungry for us. And you have a people here who are hungry for you. And Lord, no, no matter how big, no matter how small it is, whatever you want to do, Lord, we want it. If it's of you, we want it. So Lord, we just come with you right now with, with who we really are, what we really feel, what we really want and desire, God. And we just bring this before you. We lay it at your feet. And we ask, Lord, as we sing these songs, that your presence would come and that you would fill us. And right now, we're not going to look at anybody else. We're not going to think about anything else, Lord. We're just going to focus on you. Help us to focus. Help our unbelief, God. Help our lack of focus. Draw near to us, Lord. You promise that if we draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. So we come here hungry for you. We come here seeking you, Lord. We just give you praise and the honor that you deserve. We love you, God. Come and meet us now. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.